Would you pray with me? Lord, we all know someone like Ebenezer Scrooge. Though a fictional character written into the Christmas story by Charles Dickens long ago, so many of us have similar attitudes when it comes to things that are holy, things that are sacred, family, friends. So Lord, I pray that each of us today would consider where we are, where do we stand. And Father, I pray that if someone is under conviction today of the Holy Spirit, that they would come running to the altar, finding mercy at the mercy seat. So Lord, I ask that this morning that you would open up our hearts, our eyes, our ears to the Word. Challenge us today, Lord, so that we may find you in all things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Greg. It's been a great morning and seeing so many guests at the first two services and then meeting folks in the hallway between the second and now this service has been a joy to my heart. I decided to name the sermon today somewhere between Bah Humbug and Merry Christmas. And I think some of us consider those extremes and we all are living somewhere in the land between. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But the little video clip that you saw with George C. Scott a few moments ago is from the 1984 adaptation of Charles Dickens' classic work, A Christmas Carol. I try to watch it several times in every holiday season. My favorite particular adaptation is the 1951 black and white version. And I normally find it on one of the networks and it will eventually come on or you can find it on YouTube. Now, having said that, I think all of us recognize that this fictional character in the mind and heart of Charles Dickens so long ago, but he could have written it today. He could have written it about us, that we have individuals who consider anything about God, anything that is holy, anything that is sacred, humbug. So I encourage you today to consider where you live somewhere in the in-between between conception and birth, between birth and death, between dating and marriage, between education and career. All of us can sort of identify with some of these contrasts that go back and forth. Solomon sought to explain it so many years ago in his written word in the book of Ecclesiastes. So if you have your Bible, your smartphone, your iPad, or your Kindle, turn there with me to Ecclesiastes 3. And let us read together something that was written 930 years before Jesus was born. And just let that sink in for a moment. That everything that we're about to read is happening today in 2019. It will happen next year in 2020. It will happen in 10 years from now and 20 years from now as life goes on. Solomon has such incredible wisdom inspired by the Holy Spirit that he gives us 28 different life activities. 14 of these are positive, 14 of those are negative. And I think sometimes it's up to us to cast the winning vote of whether we're going to have a positive outlook on life 
or a negative outlook on life. Notice it with me. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Now, Solomon is writing in such simplistic terms that even the commoner can understand. Yes, babies are born, and then we live long, fulfilled lives, and then we die. And then from an agrarian perspective, yes, we plant seed into the ground, and there comes a time for the harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Life actually goes back and forth between tragedy and comedy. All of us have experienced the highs of watching a child or a grandchild on their wedding day. But we've also mourned when we've lost a parent, a spouse, or a sibling. So yes, there are moments when we mourn, and we mourn deeply, and we grieve, but we also Learn how to celebrate in the dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. There's moments to clear the land and remove the rocks, and we take those very same rocks and we build a wall to our home. Time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. I think all of us, there are moments where it's not what we say, it's just by us being there. Whether it's the visit to the hospital room of someone who is walking through a terminal illness or someone who has lost someone and they can just see us across the room and we give them a quick wink or a salute to let them know that we're there. We love you. We care about you. Yeah, there's a time to keep silent, but there's also a time to speak. I think it was Dante who said... The hottest places in hell are reserved for those who remain neutral in a time of great moral crisis. So yes, there's a time to speak, a time to put your flag into the ground and say, this is what I believe, and I will not back up from it, nor I shirk from the responsibility to tell others the truth. There's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time for war, and there's a time for peace. A report recently came out from the United Kingdom written by an author, Mark Mollily, who said that since 2500 B.C., there's been 12,703 battles. And in the 3,400 years of human existence, we've only experienced total peace for 268 years. So as we look back over time and in history, only 8% of the time since the beginning has man been at peace with one another. But praise God, one day there's coming the Prince of Peace, who will give us not only peace in the present, but eternal peace and eternal rest. So if you look at these 28 different activities that Solomon has given us, we see that each one of these contrasts creates the land between. And all of us find ourselves there sometimes. Uh, life throws us a curveball, or we have these great plans and we're going in one direction, then God allows a detour. And so all of us 
recognize that the land between can be the time to be born and the time to die. The land between the time to plant and the time for harvest or recognizing the land between can be a terrifying place when everything that you know is turned upside down. When you receive that phone call in the middle of the night, when you're given that, that pink slip at your job, when, when, when something happens that was not on the calendar, when our world is turned upside down because the land between requires faith. Because sometimes when we're walking in the land between, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes it's difficulty and there's trouble and there's trial and, and there's constant tension and stress. And yet, being a pastor now for over three decades, people will say, Joel, I learned so much during that time. I didn't like it at the present. I didn't like it while I was going through it, but I learned so much from it. But you got to love Solomon. After he gives us these 28 life activities... He helps to ease our anxiety with verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. No, what's happening to us right now may not be beautiful, but if we trust God with it, He can turn it into something beautiful. I've seen it happen over and over in my own personal life. I've, I've seen it happen in the life of my brothers and sisters that great tragedy that caused us to fall on our face before a holy and righteous God, not understanding what was going on, but yet, eventually, God turns it into something beautiful. He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I don't know about your life and your personality and temperament, but I like to know what's going on. I hate being blindsided. I hate when a decision has been made and I'm not keenly aware and I am just totally taken aback from what is said or what is done. Sometimes it's those mysteries that God teaches us the greatest, deeper truths. Because you have to learn how to walk by faith and not walk by sight. Because if you're only walking by sight, you're not going to learn the lesson that God has intended for us. Now some would say, but Joel, that's the Old Testament. That's Solomon's writings. That's just to the Hebrews. You know, Paul later on reiterated Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 in the words of Romans 8 and 28, where he wrote, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now again, not everything that happens to us is good. But for those who love God, things can begin to work together in a puzzle and become good. Now, Joel, you're kidding, aren't you? You have no idea what I've gone through. How dare you say that everything that happens in my life will eventually work to good? Well, I didn't say it. God did. He's the one that we have to learn how to trust. Man's trust will only go so far. But when you and I are completely sold out and all in. We can trust God that even what has happened to us in our past, what is happening to us in our present, we can trust God with it. Now, I referred to the Hebrews. The Jews experienced a land between that we call the silent years, between the Old and the New Testament. Because if you go to the very end of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, go to the very beginning of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, we recognize that there were 400 years of silence. You see, they had experienced moments like this in the past. 
Remember 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no frequent vision. Mankind had grown so wicked and so conditioned themselves to worship pagan false idols that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And then later still in the minor prophet Amos, chapter 8, verse 11, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. But it's not going to be a famine of bread, nor a famine of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. I I believe sometimes we're in that famine today in the 21st century. We have a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. As long as I have the privilege of serving as your pastor, I will assure you, that the Word of God will be preached from this pulpit. The Word of God will be sung and the Word of God will be taught in Sunday school. But there are churches. There are places where God's Word is rare. And yet the famine exists even when there is the proclamation of God's Word. You see, the land between can be a demanding time and a challenging place. And some of you are going through that right now. The place of life that you're in is very, very challenging because there's some dreams that you have, but you're in the land between. They're not coming to pass yet, but you're trying to get there. So I want us to look back to a time and a place when things did not go as planned. I recently got me a 2020 calendar, getting ready for the new year. We're just a few days away. Planning January, what I'm going to preach in January. Sue's waiting on a Chimes article right now. And so recognizing that a new year is upon us, so I make some plans for 2020. So have you. Maybe places to go and preach, a conference or two to go to, those types of things. Look at Proverbs 16, 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And then later on in chapter 19, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So when my plans are in opposition to God's purpose, God's purpose will win out. Now, I may have to go up and down some valleys and around some curves to get there, but eventually God's purpose will play out, even when I've made plans to go the opposite direction. But it's not just a pastor thing. It's for every one of us who have called upon the name of Jesus. Go ahead and make your plans. Go ahead and strategize. But then sometimes God gives the detour and says, instead of going this way, you're going to go that way. Instead of going up, you're going to go down. And in the midst of that detour, we have to learn how to trust him. I believe that Joseph and Mary remembered these verses during their land between. Joseph is only mentioned in a few verses throughout the Gospels, unlike his counterpart Joseph in the book of Genesis, where his story starts somewhere around Genesis 37 and doesn't end to the end of the book. But yet, Joseph played an integral part in prophecy. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, we see his story. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, that when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Now, the word betrothed in a day where marriages were arranged is a form 
of the engagement. But it's a little bit stronger than us just putting an engagement ring upon our bride-to-be's finger. No, you break an engagement or break a betrothal in the first century, you had to get a writ of divorcement. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. I assure you this morning, I've never had such a dream. None of us have ever had the intents of the dream that now Joseph will experience. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. How do you think that sat with Joseph? An event that's never happened before and never happened since. And now he's about to walk through it. And Mary will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now, because Joseph was from the lineage of David, he was probably well-versed in the law. But I think he's now recognizing that a new day is now dawning. That God is going to deal with his people in a much different way than he has in the past. Why? Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. What prophet? We call him Isaiah. Because Isaiah had spoken 700 years before this moment, these words in verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. So when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but he knew her not. He did not have relations, physical relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Talking about living in the land between, all I wanted to do is marry this girl, have my honeymoon at the Holiday Inn Express, Amen. I, 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 just, I just wanted to get married, Lord. I did not want to have my life turned upside down because of this prophecy. You know, sometimes we look for it and sometimes it looks for us. And what do you do when it finds you? What will be our response when God says, I have my hand on you and I have my hand on you and I have my hand on you. What are you going to do with it? Here's my plan for your life that is in complete opposition to your plan. Which plan will you follow? But then there's Mary. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. I stood on a hillside just a few weeks ago and overlooked Nazareth. Really nothing impressive about the city now, and it certainly wasn't impressive then. But yet, the city of Galilee named Nazareth, an angel was sent there. To a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now notice the angel did not worship Mary, and neither should we. But yet, the angel addressed her, Favored one, the Lord is with you. 
But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Remember, more than likely, this little peasant girl was 14 years old. Betrothed to an older man named Joseph. And now this angel is telling her that something is about to happen to her and she was greatly troubled. I think any of us would have been. But this is what the angel said to her. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. 100% human, just like any other baby conceived in the womb, but also 100% God. And he's going to be great. And he'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign in the house of Jacob forever And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Those are great words. A great speech that Gabriel has just given. But again, he's speaking to a 14-year-old girl who knows biology. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. She was nervous enough about her wedding night with Joseph. Now the Holy Spirit's going to be with her. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow her and place in her womb the Son of the living God. She's 14. Zeke's going to be 14 in a few days. Some of you have 14-year-old daughters. You, you know what I'm talking about. But for whatever reason, Mary, not, not a little girl down the road, not someone else, but Joseph and Mary were to walk through this. Sometimes God throws your life a detour. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, has also conceived a son. Now, the difference between Elizabeth and Mary is great because Zacharias is the daddy that's been with Elizabeth and a boy named John the Baptist is going to be born who's a cousin to Yeshua, Jesus. I don't know if the author here is trying to help her to feel better that, hey, you know, somebody that's your kinfolk is also in a similar situation, but hers is in her old age, yours in your younger age. And this is the sixth month with whom was called barren. Verse 37 is very important to me. In a day before you could order anything and everything online, I remember taking a poster board, getting me a magic marker, and writing out, for nothing will be impossible with God. And I remember putting it on my wall as a youngster because, you know, playing sports during that time of my life, I was always the slowest or the smallest or the weakest. But I wanted to play ball, and I, and I can remember saying, for nothing will be impossible with God. Some of us today are facing some impossible things as well. Maybe you've got something on your horizon in 2020 that was not going to happen in 2019, but you know it's coming, and you're going, there's no way. It's impossible, but please be reminded that nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Talking about a land between. Mary's life would never be the same. 
For some of us, some things have happened to us, and our lives will never be the same. Now, a few minutes ago, I mentioned about a demanding time in a challenging place. Is that where you are today? Have your best laid plans been altered? You knew it was going to happen this way. You believed it was going to happen this way your whole life. And then God says, no, I'm taking you here. I I remember when God called me to preach when I was 17. And all I had on my mind was females and football. Amen? That's all I was when I was at West Limestone. I, I, I I knew my goal. I knew my dream. I knew what I wanted to do. But what do you do when God alters it? Do you rebel or do you embrace? I ran for seven years. Some of us are running today. We're running away from God's will. We're running away from God's plan. And I'm telling you, if you keep going that direction, it's not going to end well. It's time to come back home. It's time to do an about face and go the direction that Christ would have you to go. Some of us are in a land between in our marriage. It's tough right now. Hard days. And it seems as if the bad days outweigh the good days. You're in a land between. Maybe it's your career. You see one career coming to a close, and they're about to start a new career. You're in the land between. Recently, you've gone to the doctor, and you're in the land between with your health. And, and, and you're waiting on that phone call to let you know how the biopsy went. Or maybe the doctor is telling you, you've got to change your lifestyle. And you've got to start eating right. You've got to start exercising. You're in the land between. Some of our students will be coming home for Christmas in the next few days. Some of them are about to enter or be in their last semester of their senior year. Others are just starting out, but they're in the land between with their education. I thought I wanted to major in history. I I thought I wanted to be a mathematician. I thought I wanted to be this, but now I don't want to. They're in the land between. Any number of us in this room, we've got some decisions that are weighing heavy on us. We're in the land between. Do I do it this way or do I do it that way? Do do I stay here in Athens or do do I move to try to better myself and to better my family? A lot of us are in the land between. Remember our old friend Ebenezer Scrooge? You know, in that little video clip a few moments ago, he was hostile. He was rude to his nephew Fred. And if you've never seen a a Christmas carol, I, I would encourage you. You need to check it out this holiday season. Because the story plays out a land between with the spirits of Christmas past, present, and future. And so many lessons are learned during that time. So what is our response when we view our past? If, if a spirit of Christmas past came to us and, and began to reveal via video and we could see the mistakes and, and successes and failures and, and the fumbles and the flops. If, if he could show all that to us, what would we learn from it? What would you do if the spirit of Christmas present said, this is where your life is right now and you need to make some changes? Or if you could see into the proverbial crystal ball and look into the future, that if you made some necessary changes right now, your future would end differently. It would be blessed instead of cursed. Would you be willing to do so? Maybe between Bah Humbug and Merry Christmas, 
it turns out something like this. in the next street but one, uh, on the corner. I should hope I did. Intelligent boy, remarkable boy. Uh, do you know if they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging there? What, the one as big as me? <laughs> Delightful boy. <laughs> Pleasure talking to you. <laughs> the one as big as you. It's hanging there now. Well, go and buy it. Yes, go and buy it and bring them round so that I may tell them where to deliver it. Come back with the man, I'll give you a shilling. Come back in less than five minutes, I'll give you half a crown. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. I must stress myself. So much to do. I don't want to lose any time. I was light as a feather. I was happy as an angel. <laughs> I was made as a schoolboy. as a drunken man. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everybody and a Happy New Year to the world! <laughs> I don't know what you do on Christmas morning. You may jump around like Ebenezer does. I don't know. But I think many of us have fallen into the trap of trying to fulfill our lives with things that will never fulfill us. C.S. Lewis said, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Money, power, relationship outside of God's boundaries, getting high, whatever it may be. And when we do that, we make those things into idols, and it makes us go farther and farther away from God. We were meant, you were meant for so much more than to be humanity on a hamster wheel. Going fast to nowhere. I think some of us, maybe just a few weeks before Christmas, you find yourself in a land in between. If that's you today, I think the Lord has something for you. Would you be willing to trust Him?